Welcome to ZDevOps Talks. I'm Chris Sales. With me, I have Sean E. Mohan, and we are joined today by Bill Alexander from IBM. Bill, how's it going? It's going well. Going well, Chris. Thanks. I'm happy to be here and chat with you about some DevOps and Z topics. Yeah, for sure. We, uh, we've been known to do that stuff, right, Shalini? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Bill, let's start off by, I mean, we, we tried to do some research on you, but we'll be <laughs> honest, we couldn't find a lot. So, so tell us a little bit about you uh, and, and how you got started at IBM. Well, sure. It's probably uh, you, you had a tough time because sometimes <clears throat> I go by William Alexander. Sometimes I go by Bill Alexander. Uh, <laughs> yes, and so, you know, it's a common name as well. So you may turn up your searches may turn up many different folks who knows? including obituaries, which got me a little nervous. But... Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm still around. I'm still kicking. That's right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I um started my career uh as a cobol application developer working on like kicks applications batch applications um you know for a an insurance company in uh, in the US and then uh after a few years of doing that I went to um a bank here in the US and um did did some similar uh, activities that the bank had just actually been acquired by another bank. And so uh, we did some conversions from one system to another, all, all still, you know, in, in COBOL on Z. Um, and then after that, for a little while, I joined a small company. Um, funny thing is it was called early cloud and company, but had absolutely nothing to do with what we think of and know of as cloud these days. Hmm. Um, it was uh, the two, founders names were last names were early and and cloud um no way <laughs> but uh yeah so so uh i was there for a little while and then ibm acquired us and so uh i had gone from a startup to to a large company uh again and um you know i've been at ibm i guess now 20 25 6 years i think it's been um and and it's been great. I mean, <clears throat> I've been able to really focus on um, developing tools to make you know the job of my former self when I was a COBOL and and um, you know application developer uh, the tools that I'm you know developing and and working on now are uh, you know built for that audience really uh, those kinds of developers. Um, making their lives easier and um, yeah, really uh, for a while we were working on, you know, web services technologies and, and now it's, um, you know, a, a tools that can be uh, used in, in adopting DevOps practices. And um, so it's, it's great. It's, it's, you know, with IBM, it's, it's always, uh, changing and always having opportunities to learn new things. So it's, it's stayed exciting even for, you know, like I said, 25 years that it's been. Man, that's awesome. That's, that's, I mean, that's the dream, right? That's, that's what you always hope for is just being able to do, you know, not only what you like, but what you're good at, which is, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. Um, 
while we're on the topic of background, again, really hard to do research on. You got any hobbies? Like, is there anything you're into? Like, as an example, we had um, we had uh, Mark Indermauer on a few a few uh, episodes ago, and he's a big chess guy. Come to find out, Mm -hmm. Um, like really big into chess. It's really cool. What do you? What about you, Bill? What What do you do in your copious free time <laughs> yeah sure so uh i'm a big sports fan so i um you know watch or or play sports not as much don't play as much as i used to uh you know nowadays it's more let's say golf than than basketball or volleyball sure. uh, but uh watching my kids i've got a couple of boys and they're both into sports and so you know, watching them play or helping them, you know, play is uh, an- another thing. But if it's not, um, you know, not sports related, then I also uh, enjoy really anything to do with the beach. So, um, mm. you know, going to the beach uh, with my family and or, um, you know, going on a boat or uh, kayaking, paddleboarding. Um, I have a jet ski, so so taking the jet ski out and having the kids go tubing off the back of the jet ski, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. You know, just relaxing on the beach. Yeah. That sounds really nice. Um, and, and speaking of, you know, your background as well, were you always into technology and, and kind of that space or was there anything that was a turning point that, that made you enter into that? And, and what did you study in college? Yeah. So I, I have been, I think we had, if I remember in, uh, in my high school, we had a couple of, uh, programming courses early on. Um, and so that, you know, taking those, um, I, I was always good at math and, and, you know, um, interested, gotten interested in computer programming. And I, I can, I can remember, so, you know, I, like I've said, I've been in the field for a good 30 years. So, uh, back in the day when you were looking at, what jobs were going to be popular in the future, uh, you know, you would pull out the old U.S. News Report magazine, uh, hard copy, and and flip through it. And I can remember a, you know, article regarding uh, 10 most, you know, popular jobs for the next decade or something like that. And, and, and you know, software developer was in there. So mm-hmm. I decided, yeah, well, I, I'm... I like this uh, from what I know about it. And I thought um, it's going to be a good job for the next 10 years. And why don't I go study that in school? So, um, so yeah, I studied management information systems in, uh, in college and thankfully the job has lasted more than 10 years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's still a very hot time to have. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Um, and you've had a very, um, obviously very impressive career run here at IBM. Um, I mean, how was your transition switching into, you know, working for a smaller company than being acquired by IBM and then, you know, working at IBM for over, as you said, 20 years, um, and, um, you know, moving on from, you know, software architect to now being, uh, a senior technical staff member. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, so um, so when I thought I wanted to work for a smaller company, having worked for two two larger ones, um, you know, I um, it was a shock at first, right? When when IBM acquired them, because now I was in an even larger company than I had been before, uh, and 
So I thought immediately, okay, well, uh, this is not going to last very long. I want to go back to a small company. Mm. I want to, I want to go to a small company, but, uh, IBM really, I, I came to realize you know, the culture of IBM was, was always to, you know, kind of learn new things. Um, IBM has great resources about, um, about education and, and allowing their, um, you know, employees to, uh, you know, to take education and kind of uh, always stay on top of, of what's new and, and going on. And, and that was, I guess, you know, what I thought, um, you know, the, the small company was going to offer was going to be more dynamic and, and being able to, um, you know, to always learn and stay on top of new technologies. And, and, and I've found that within IBM. So, um, you know, as far as my, you know, my current role, uh, you know, being, being um, part of the team that develops um, IBM developer for ZOS uh, has offered, has provided me the opportunity to work with uh, many different customers. So, so we, you know, it's probably the most um, popular IDE for ZOS application development on the market. And mm-hmm. um, I have been um, you know, responsible for um, the user groups that we have and those user groups. Um, we have one in, in North America and we have one in, um, in uh, well, Europe. And so uh, I've been setting the agenda for those user groups and, and getting customers to uh, participate in those user groups and setting up, uh, you know, making sure the speakers, we have speakers lined up from IBM and from, from the customers to talk about their experiences. So uh, a lot of that <clears throat> activity in those conversations and then, you know, making sure that the product work uh, for the customers in their environment, taking their requirements back and driving them into the product and, um, you know, has really led to, I guess, um, you know, the success uh, within my own career. Yeah. And so now as as an STSM, you know, I am really kind of responsible for the uh, development and pipeline agile release train. So, you know, we are practicing DevOps uh, and agile uh, development within within IBM ourselves. And uh, we're creating the tools for to assist other companies to do the same. And uh, so, you know, I'm kind of leading that release train uh, for products like IDZ, debug, uh, mm-hmm. dependency-based build, and so on. We've we've talked with some folks that are you know product owners or product managers, but uh, it's it's first of all very nice. I think we should be grateful. I think well, I'm grateful as a host that I'm able to actually uh, speak to the Bill Alexander from the legendary IDZ Lab, um, and you know really get a get an idea of hey you know are we actually um, I don't know if. The, this is the metaphor, but drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Like we, we talk a lot about DevOps products and CICD and, you know, being agile. And that's been a sort of a speaking point or, or like a really like an idea, a, a motto. Uh, I'm not much with the words right now, but that's been a thing for a while. Right. So like to hear that you're actually doing 
that you're doing all of the things in the lab. This isn't just stuff that's coming from the CTPs, the, the you know the client tech professionals, or from the sales folks or whatever. This is Bill Alexander. This is the lab. This is the the Eclipse Lab that that that's actually doing that stuff. That's really neat. Yeah, I mean, when I think about DevOps, I think about like accelerate, collaborate, and automate. And so, you know, you're you're trying to accelerate the software delivery. You're doing that through collaboration and you and automation. And so, those are you know the th- kind of three things that we keep in mind. And we're um, I don't know if you know what SAFE stands for, Scaled Agile Framework. So we've been using that uh, as really you know to facilitate our collaboration. So we have these. Uh, planning events and we work in program increments and we develop in, in sprints. And so this has, um, you know, and that in conjunction with the automation that we've built. So we've, we've built, uh, development pipelines to enable, um, the build and the testing of our products, uh, in an automated fashion so that we can, um, ensure that you know idz can install uh with addi and install together and work together for example and um you know all of that together has really accelerated the delivery of our products we used to only deliver once a year uh, maybe twice a year you know now we're able to deliver quarterly for idz and for some of the smaller products they can deliver um you know really even monthly now um, and so, um, so yeah, it's, it's great to practice what you preach. And so, um, you know, we are doing it in, inside the lab. Uh, we're talking to customers about how they can do it. And in fact, really customers are doing it, um, as well. I mean, we, uh, just had one of our user groups and they, um, talked about how they had migrated from their, um, legacy uh, or traditional uh, library manager version control system to to now use git and they're using a jenkins pipeline and they've got 176 if i remember correctly mainframe applications they stated that are are using their devops pipeline and they're using uh idz and dbb and urban code deploy uh you know in order to uh really make their their application developers, ZOS application developers' lives easier and, and mm-hmm. accelerate the, the delivery of their own applications. So yeah, I think DevOps, you know, it's it's real. Uh, people are are doing it, you know, in, in not only for distributed applications, but for Z applications as well. So it's it's really a great time for for developers. I feel like I have to, based on what you just said, and I've I've posed this question or asked this, this, you know, sort of probed this line of thinking in previous podcasts, but I'm really interested. Does DevOps, while it is all, it, it's sort of a, a unified, it's, it's a, it's a unified idea, but it kind of looks a little bit different for every shop, right? Like shops are unique. Every shop has their own practices, their own policies, procedures. Do you feel like those intricacies or those uniquenesses within the different applications at shops, not applications as in the the source, but the applications of our products 
um, how people are using them. Do you feel like do you feel like that makes DevOps look sort of different for everybody? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be different, and and people are going to have different entry points as well, right? So, um, some people may start with just modernizing their developers' experience. So maybe you know they just start with getting uh, their their developers using a tool like IDZ so that they can have new developers who are uh, coming on board to replace those who've been in the field for 25, 30 years like myself, uh, you know, but get those new developers able to be productive using new modern tools. So that might be an, an early entry point towards, towards DevOps. Another is about version control, right? So, so really we want, uh, you know, everything to be under version control in the, in the old days of, uh, development on ZOS applications, some, some companies didn't have any version control uh, system, official version control system. They just use a set of partition data sets and uh, have their own kind of process for, um, you know, for managing the different versions. But in today's um, you know, modern development environments, you're really, you want to version control all of your resources because you want to be able to allow for parallel development, right? So, um, in order to do that, you really need a modern version control system. And Git is the most popular mm. version control system that there is So um, right now. And um, younger developers coming out of university, they know how to use it because they've used it for their projects yeah. in school. Uh, and you know, so if Z can make use of it, uh, which it can, and you know, many customers of ours are moving from their traditional library managers to the new, to to Git and a modern SCM, uh, they can then easily build a, a continuous integration pipeline. Whatever you know, they can do to try and remove bottlenecks um, within their processes and. Uh, accelerate the software delivery that that's really what you know what devops is about mm -hmm. and I, I guess a natural question uh to follow up is you know obviously a lot of the clients and customers we have are excited about this modernization and transformation but what have been the biggest barriers to entry um, and how have we addressed that for these clients yeah, so so barriers to entry um, are <laughs> are people relying on um, you know the existing processes and being adverse to change, right? As humans, some of us are more open to change, I think, than others. Mm -hmm. And really, it, um, you know, there is a culture piece to DevOps, and so getting people to agree that some things can be automated and you don't need to have a human you know sit there and do manual testing that you can automate tests that can cover um, you know a high percentage of your source code of your of your program um, and based on those tests and the, the if the tests pass then um, you know it's okay to allow that code to be promoted to the next, uh, you know, the next stage. Um, those kinds of 
of I uh, you know it, it those those barriers are really more about you know the people involved and and the processes the traditional processes that um you know that have existed for for years and and people just having to be open to change um and so you know we how we've we've helped people get over those is is really through education um and through demonstration showing uh customers that you know there are tools out there that can help um like some of the tools that i've, I've mentioned already um you know that and using those tools um you know can can really help to show that uh the delivery of of your uh, software can be sped up and the quality of the software can also remain high. So that's, that's really what we've been working towards showing customers that. Yeah. So on, you know, speaking about DevOps, talking, being an advocate, right? I saw on your, uh, on the, the one place that I was able to get some dependable information on you, Bill, um, on your LinkedIn profile, um, you're a uh, you under your certifications. You have an advocacy practitioner. So, what's that look like and mean to you in terms of your role in DevOps? Sure. So, um, it comes back to to what I mentioned before about the work that I've done with customers. Um, you know, really, ad client advocacy is is really all about listening. Um, understanding people's challenges, the problems they're having, and then, you know, having, having, being able to put yourself in, in their shoes, having empathy for them, and then, you know, being able to work with them to design a, a solution to that challenge. And so, um, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to do that with, with several different companies, uh, you know, at IBM, we have what we call a sponsor user program. We get, um, you know, customers who are, are interested in giving us feedback on ideas. Um, and so we work with them to understand their challenges. And then we share with them our ideas for, uh, for solutions that could assist them. Um, and then, you know, we in development build those solutions and um and deliver them as pro as part of our products and so uh for me that's very re rewarding right i mean because we know that um once we deliver that uh, those updates to the product um to that customer then uh it's going to be used by uh, hundreds of developers or thousands of developers within that customer shop on a daily basis and and it's helped you know solve some some real problems that they were having that is inspiring man i mean that's that's your that's a lot of times that's what people want they just want to be heard they, they really need to get the message across and and the fact that the lab is out there listening is just you know those user groups i've, I've actually been lucky enough to participate in oh i don't know maybe two of them i would say but being there was just, it was incredible. It was just, it was so different, you know, cause it was, I mean, granted it was at a different time. We were all able to be in a room somewhere, but still, <laughs> you know, like just the fact that you're there with real people 
who don't have walls up. There aren't these, you know, mute buttons and no one's hiding behind a webcam, which is not to say hiding. We may strike that out, but like, <laughs> you you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it, you're there. The energy is live. People are really just putting it all out there. And that's, that's so, so cool. Um, speaking of being in person, um, shares coming up the first real live share is coming up yeah um and so prior to our our conversation here we were talking a little bit about how um uh, bill and i know each other well we've known each other we know of each other for eons but we have known each other um for some time and um we uh we usually see each other at these share conferences and other types of shows. Um, so you've always been a huge contributor to that show um, for the Eclipse products for IBM for DevOps, right? Um, now that things are kind of opening back up, will you be there? That is the plan. Yeah, I, I do believe that I will be there. I think it's scheduled for March twenty seventh through the thirtieth of uh, twenty twenty two in Dallas. I yeah. Believe. Right. So, um, so yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, like you said, being in person, um, <clears throat> you know, being able to to have discussions, uh, see each other's face. Um, you know, it, it um, the discussions just are are usually more in depth. Uh, you know, people are not multitasking like they are on these on webinars and so on. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, in the first quarter of next year, getting back to those in-person events. Uh, that'll be the first one for me, I think. And uh, can't wait. Hey Amen. Can't wait to see that uh, that that IDE shootout. That's one of the yeah, things. I that, think that... I think we got it in plan for the um you know for the event again yep yeah that's one that's one of the best sessions of share is the ide shootout just in case anybody that's listening (laughs) might want to attend that's going to be the one i'm going to need to figure out how to get my invite oh we'll we'll get you there we'll figure it out amazing amazing okay so bill as we're wrapping up we always ask um our podcast guests if they have anything exciting coming up if there's anything you want to share um you have the floor um so i don't know about exciting coming up i mean just the other day just a week ago we did release a bunch of new software uh on october 29th we released um idz 15.03 which contained uh, several new requests for enhancement from our from our customers um and uh, in addition to that, uh, we released um, application discovery and delivery intelligence 6.0.2. And um, for those of uh, for those yeah. listeners who don't know what that is, do you want to speak a little bit more about um, application discovery? Sure, application discovery I think is a is a great complementary pro- product to um, to IDZ. So IDZ, you know, is for the developers, has advanced uh, editors and program understanding tools and things like that, a debugger inside and and so on. And application discovery is really um, allows you to do the analysis before you go and make those changes. So if you're uh, if you need to change your application. Uh, and you need to find everywhere within 
the application that uses a certain a certain database table or or a certain uh, data set in a batch application or what have you, um, you know, you would traditionally you would run a bunch of searches to try and find references to what you're looking for within the source code, um, but and and then you'd have to make notes of all of that, you know, right? And and so you could refer back to it. But if you have application discovery, uh, application discovery scans all of your source assets, and can you can see you can run different queries and find and produce reports, or you mm. can look at visual graphs that show uh, the dependencies and and relationships between uh, your programs, your tables, your your data sets, and so on. Uh, it's really a great uh, tool for developers to do that upfront analysis before they start making their coding changes uh, so that they can uh, understand and be sure, you know, what changes they have to make, give them more right. confidence uh, about the change they're about to make. So, so yeah, so that was another, another product that we released amongst, amongst others file manager, fault analyzer, et cetera. So if, uh, <clears throat> if you haven't updated uh, your software in a little while, I would say go out uh, to, our, to our site and, and download the, the, you know, this quarter's updates. And uh, you know, I think you'll be really happy. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bill. Um, Chris, do you have anything to add before we wrap up? No, I think that about covers it. Um... Bill, Bill Alexander of IBM, STSM, congrats on that, by the way. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much. We, uh, we're very grateful to have you. Thank you so much for spending the time. Um, and uh, everybody, mark your calendars for share. Get out on that website and check out our uh, Eclipse-based DevOps products. And um, yeah, Bill, great to have you. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks again. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill.